India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Hi everyone this is Rohit Shivastav founder and strategist at India Charts taking you through all the market action and what lies ahead since the 1st of December 2020 we've just ended the previous expiration last week and we're into a completely new month and also the year end which is the final month of the calendar year typically december tends to be a trending month but we've seen some variations during bull markets often december continue to trend on the upside because the market would have bottomed and then you know started to rally either from march or may of that year and then continued us into jan so the jan cycle had become pretty much one that everyone followed but then there was also this march cycle which was associated more with the indian budget now the indian budget over several years has started to be presented right on the first day of february rather than on the last day of february and that change has also shifted that cycle sort of backwards and we've seen a couple of market tops and bottoms occur around the budget time in the first few days of february rather than at the end or in the first week of march which used to be the cycle that we used to follow earlier so that becomes a point where you know a lot of optimism or pessimism often culminates either in hope of new measures that the government can announce or in pessimism that really there's nothing and if there's you know nothing negative sometimes markets tend to bottom out around that time so that's what we'll face over the next couple of months but as we go into the year end the second part of december is usually lackluster and so whatever has to happen happens in the first two weeks and then the markets often go dead because a lot of the participation which comes from foreign institutional investors dries up and it's also the holiday season because last week of the year uh, goes into christmas season uh, some people are traveling they're going on holidays or going to celebrate new years and a lot of funds are booking year end gains and you know so all that all that churn is also a reason why it gets a little lackluster so even during bullish periods like i said december trends on the upside but the last few days you find you know markets just drifting towards the upside so you'll find that loss of momentum but we also seeing this loss of momentum at the end of november when we purely look at the nifty of course the market's pretty fired up on the mid and small cap stocks something that i kept saying throughout uh, october and november that it would happen because you cannot end end a fifth wave pattern or rather the fifth wave of the entire cycle without really getting that participation back in the broad market so the broad market actually consolidated between september and october and then it actually started to take off in november it was slow because large part of the move in november also came from the banking sector in fact even the october rally was the banking sector so the entire part was banks raising up in the front and many other sectors actually lagging behind and not really participating on the upside completely though they were slightly you know starting to push on the upside but now what you are seeing is while the momentum in the financials is slowing down the other stocks which were consolidating earlier not participating not just like for example the metals that have done really well there also secondary stocks in the metal space which were lagging behind like the nalcos of the world national aluminium or sale or nmdc they are slightly slowly picking up on the back end even though the best performance has come from the bigger companies or mostly in the steel space like tisco or jindal steel and so on so you're seeing that not only within the sector but you're also seeing that across space a lot of cash market stocks now slowly starting to move up one sector which is still not added on which i thought would is the pharma sector of course the pharma sector index is up over on a week on week basis so it's doing a positive move 
but it's not really moving up sporadically. But I think that should also join in. And usually as the Nifty starts to, you know, lose its momentum and wane towards the downside, you'll probably see asset allocation away from large caps towards defenses. And that might spur a move in the pharma sector as well. So that's something which is still pending in, in my expectation of moves. The mid cap part has played out. So that's good. And what the mid cap part is then now doing is what it typically does in late stages of a move is that it develops an intermarket divergence with the large caps. And it does that as the mid caps continue to race on the upside, even though the nifty appears to be flattening out. And that flattening out, you can see either in the weekly candles, because you had a doji star candle at the end of last week, which is nothing but where the opening of the week and closing of the week is almost the same. Uh, in fact, uh, the last two days on the bank nifty on the daily chart also is a doji, which is that it's barely closed around the same level that it was opening and uh, not really made a new high above where we were last week in both of the main indices. So this intermarket divergence again is a signal of potentially you being in late stages of this move. Uh, but uh, till you really don't have a reversal, you don't have a reversal. So markets can sometimes be quick to spike up and then top out and sell off. And there are other occasions where actually it rolls over pretty much slowly and a lot of stocks continue to move for a couple of weeks before you really enter a corrective phase. In fact, in the longest divergence I've seen between mid and large caps was in uh, 2001. Uh, between Feb of 2000 to all of the way, I think till June of that year, the broad market continued to move up. Of course, whenever there's a correction in the Nifty, the mid caps also fall back. But whenever they rallied, the broad market continued to make higher highs. So it almost looked like, uh, you know, the market was very, very strong, even though the Nifty itself has started to sell off. So that type of scenario can also develop. And in fact, at the back of my mind, looking at the way the cash market has been late to pick up, I feel maybe that's what is likely to happen. So you'll actually see outperformance of the broad market for a slightly longer period than the Nifty itself and the large caps might diverge and start heading, heading down into a corrective phase much earlier. Now, the real question is, what type of corrective phase are we really looking at? Is this just going to be another consolidation like the one we saw in October? Or is it going to be like a larger one that we saw in September? Or is this going to be a retracement of the entire move that we've seen so far, in which case it's a slightly uh, bigger pullback than what we've seen so far? Now, it's a little hard to come to a final conclusion or judgment in terms of, uh, you know, which of these two, three scenarios is really playing out. So I'll have to really think about it as we go along. Uh, what, we, what we can see at least is the start of something. So uh, you have seen a lot of optimism building into, into the end of November because of the move in the main market and the banking stocks. And that optimism is showed up in a couple of data points. For example, you have the highest long positions by FIs, which I've written about extensively. You also have had a very high premium on Friday in the Nifty uh, futures, which also can be sometimes indicative of excessive bullishness. And so a couple of these data points that have you know come together are telling you that, okay, you could be at the end of something, but you really not seen a reversal in the um, uh, trend itself because you have not started to make lower highs and lower lows in terms of what defines a basic trend. So that has not yet happened. And so we'll continue to watch the next couple of days, whether that pattern really develops, because that's what's going to be the final killer in terms of telling you whether you have a serious uh, trend reversal or not. The size Again, you'll not know right at the advance because you really have to wait for the Elliott wave patterns to develop. When you start seeing clear five wave declines, then you can actually make a projection of what is happening. Also, what you want is when you want a higher degree pullback, then you want weekly indicators to also confirm that a larger negative divergence works itself out. 
because if you go back around one one and a half month, I was pretty optimistic that most indices and markets, not just in India, US commodities, the dollar, all of them had pulled back to their 20 week averages and started to raise higher, which is why I was sounding very positive at that time, because sometimes these rallies when they, you know, do not break the key averages, momentum indicators, whipsaw, and then suddenly markets continue in that direction. And sometimes you get a very strong trend. So you have to really sit back and just ride it which is what we've done for the last two months. But now you're beginning to see some of those divergences still remain. You know, sometimes those divergences can get completely taken out. But in this case, you can see it remain in many places. And so uh, the risk is again coming back. Will those divergences actually play out by giving you a secondary pullback, which is a little larger than what you probably saw in September. So that's what I've been thinking about. In fact, uh, in you know, one place where I actually sense it, and that's the big risk, area that everybody's watched i think for the last couple of months once they got the hang of it that yeah that's what's been the driver of the reflation trade and that's the dollar the dollar index which i thought was bearish throughout this time period when it really bounced in september a lot of people started to question you know that now this is happening the market's going to crash and i, I kept maintaining that probably not for the same reason i just discussed that it went back to the averages and started to sell off and so i was just sticking to the abc bounce and probably it sells off again case but we are again back to where we were in September. So we're really retesting those lows. And I really want to now see whether that retest works in breaking that level and extending on the downside, similar to what probably Nifty has done or probably some of the commodities like copper have done. Or, and of course that's on the upside, or the dollar index ends up making a double bottom around here close to the 91, 92 mark where it is. You know, so if it makes a double bottom near 91 half or so, then you actually get another bounce, which can sometimes be stronger than the first one, simply because uh, we call this the C wave, right? So it's A, B and C in a counter trend bounce. So if, if the decline doesn't end up being an impulsive third wave, then it ends in a B wave and then you get a C wave up to complete the corrective bounce back. And C waves can be a little more powerful than, you know, the A wave. And so that's where if you get that spike, you get that knee jerk reaction in the dollar. I think that will become your risk off event for either the year end or early Jan, I don't know. It looks like you're already there because you're already testing the lower end of the range for the dollar. And so that could be the one risk I think I can see in the next couple of days or weeks that can affect most of the asset classes that have moved up on the ba basis of uh, the reflation that we are seeing across the board, not just in equities, commodities, uh, but in precious metals, oil, and even some agro commodities that have started to rise all over again. So let's see. Uh, whether that actually happens in that pattern. Uh, but one of the surprising elements has been that even though the dollar was falling, you started to see precious metals fall with it because earlier everything was very, very well correlated where, you know, every time the dollar is falling, gold is going up, equities are going up, copper is going up. Now, suddenly you have this divergence and this divergence has actually caused prices of silver and copper to diverge because silver being more of an industrial metal many times, even though it rallies with gold, sometimes it also moves with base metals, you know, and so it reflects that demand element as well. But we've seen a very clear divergence because gold started to fall, then silver started to follow gold on the way down and coppers continued to rise to new highs. Now, both cannot be right. One of the two is going to be wrong. Either gold is going to be wrong or silver is going to be wrong or else copper is going to be wrong. So between silver and copper, one of them will reverse trend and tell us about what is really happening. And that should probably signal uh, the next trend uh, for the entire segment. Now, will will the dollar? So some people have also started saying, oh, well, if the dollar bounces, maybe gold and uh, the dollar will rise together because they've been falling together. 
So I really want to see what happens over the next couple of days before really concluding on which of these trends is going to play out. But you are at an inflection point where you don't want to be caught on the wrong side of the next move, you know, so which is why you need to be a little risk averse after having been risk on for a long, long time over the last six to eight months. Another factor which I discussed, I think last time and which I was watching very, very closely was the second wave of the pandemic, which is the COVID cases jumping up around the world. And I thought that uh, those jump ups would actually end up reaching uh, Maharashtra or Mumbai as well, because they ended up reaching Delhi, they ended up reaching Gujarat. But what we're actually seeing now after two weeks of having said that is that while cases have gone up very, very marginally, I think got a very small bump in the Maharashtra data. Now, some people may say that, well, they are not really testing extensively enough here to avoid fear. So that's something that we cannot really predict because going into conspiracy theory does not really tell us much. But yeah, if that's the case, uh, whatever it be, but we have seen those jumps in Delhi come back. So you now do not see uh, those cases really spiking all the way in Delhi. You do not see it. You're also seeing it slightly rollover in Gujarat, slightly rollover in Rajasthan. So those slight rollovers are happening and wherever small bumps happened, like say, for example, Chandigarh once upon a time looked like it was getting a sharp spike. Again, that has gone back to where it was uh, before the second wave started to show. Similarly, in the US, you've had uh, the I should call it the third wave. When you actually look at the US chart, it looks like there was a first wave initially April, May, then it cooled off a bit. Then June, July, it spiked. And India actually started only giving cases in May. So along with the June, July spike in, in the US, we continued to advance to our all-time highs. But now the, after that cooling off in September, October, US's third wave to a new high so far has not been followed by India. I've also observed this one month lag. Now we are more than a month off. And apart from just a small bump at a nationwide level in terms of numbers, only the big spikes happening in few states, we are not really seeing that wave come across the board. So probably I'll watch it for another week or two. But if it doesn't happen, then we'll start to believe that uh, this new wave that we were really seeing has passed us or probably we've you know taken enough measures to uh, you know control it or you know uh, provide the medical attention that people needed. Uh, so that the cases come under control and we are not really facing a big problem on that front. So at least that's behind us. And then we are just waiting, of course, for the vaccines to come in and that to happen. But that's going to take much longer uh, than people think. I think the market's positive reaction to the idea that yeah, we are going to get vaccines that, you know, makes us feel much more safer in our environment uh, is the positive set off. But it will take maybe six months, eight months, one year to really make it reach the whole world because you need need billions of uh, those to be manufactured and to get them to the last mile, which I think is a much bigger task than most people really anticipate. So does that mean that all the risk is gone uh, as far as financial markets are con concerned? I think we always move from a period of high volatility to a poor period of low volatility and then again into a period of high volatility. So we've seen volatility come down as markets have rallied, but they've actually moved faster than many previous rallies, which means Volatility is still not back to the lows that we had probably pre-crisis, but at the same time, it's low end of the range and markets also tend to move ahead of news and events. For example, uh, everything that's appearing so positive today, uh, the market was anticipating four to five months ago when everyone was skeptical of it really happening. Similarly, now that all the news is out, it's probably discounted and the markets can actually start reacting uh, in a completely different way than people would think given all the 
positive news that is floating around. So be prepared for some increased volatility, a lot of churn and rotation, which is already happening, you know, from large caps to mid caps. And then, you know, initially it looks like a slow moving thing, so it doesn't really hurt. But if it starts going all over the place, you suddenly find some stocks which are really doing well, start to doing badly. And then the others which are, you know, starting to participate. So uh, there's going to be that churn and then there's going to be volatility with some downside risk. I think you should keep in mind as a possible outcome. Doesn't happen. Great. Uh, but if it does, at least you're more prepared. That's my takeaway for the coming month. Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge.